0: And so our sermon series is for all people, which, of course, a Grinch in the cartoon sense is a person. And if you're a Grinch, you're a person too. So if, <laughs> no Grinches here, right? All right, just a few. No, no Grinches. Hey, we did this in the first service. Could you stand with me for a moment? We're going we're gonna to do something really cool. Uh, at least on the heavenly perspective and and you really do a good job anyways but i thought could we take maybe five or ten seconds and just give the lord just a shout of praise and clap and laughter can we can we do that thank you jesus amen yeah come on church a little bit more a little bit more come on he's worthy amen yeah praise god Keep, keep standing. Lord, we, we pray, Lord, that you'd accept our praise uh, in-house and those watching online, those that, Father, will watch later in the week. Father, we want to honor you not only during this holiday season, where you sent the best gift of all, uh, as Janie said, Lord, but just because you are the best gift of all, you, you are righteous and you are graceful and you are truth and you are love, and we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you came uh, obedience from your Father. We pray, Father, today that you would, uh, Lord, bestow that love upon us. Help us to know, Lord, your love. Help us to be that love to other people. Help us to show, Lord, this holiday spirit year-round. And those that might be grieving, those that might be walking in uh, depression, Lord, use the church. Use the body to help bring them out. Those that have lost in their life this past year, and maybe this is the first holiday season, Lord, help us to walk with them through that. Help us to show the love of Jesus. Help us to show uh, that, Lord, life, Lord, is love, Lord, and it's found in Christ, in in the church, reflection of you. So bless this word today. Bless your message. Bless our time together. In Jesus' name we pray, and the church said amen. One more time, give a shout to the Lord. Come on. You can be seated this morning. Praise the Lord. And so the, the Grinch uh, kicking off today's sermon series for all people, uh, I, I got in some shoes, uh, from my daughter Jessica and her two boys, Brady and Jonah, last year for Christmas. I opened them up on Christmas. They're a collector's edition. I don't know if you can see. I may have walked out, but they are Grinch shoes, okay, and uh, this is the first time I've worn them, and I knew back on Christmas last year that I would be preaching a sermon series, at least in part, on the Grinch, and so I like tennis shoes, and the uh, These are very comfortable, by the way, Uh, and so. But I can't just wear them anywhere, you know. They're not. They're not that. Janie says, "Honey, they're going to see you coming and going. Are you going to wear those?" Not only that, I'm going to wear the T-shirt too. So, (laughs) I'm wearing. I'm wearing the whole garb. I'll I'll have the T-shirt on again Wednesday, but it'll be. It won't be covered up. I have to look somewhat respectable because I am preaching today. Um, But I like the Grinch. I I love the Grinch and. I told the first service, I lost my religion about 30 or 40 years ago. Uh, so religious people probably aren't going to like this message, but you come back next week and we'll try to make it a little bit more spiritual for you. I think the, the Grinch is, is really a uh, foundational story on redemption and uh, reconciliation, on forgiveness and on the love of Jesus. There's something there about uh, Theodore Geisel, Dr. Seuss, he graduated from Dartmouth uh, College uh, back in the late 20s and, and uh, uh, pushed his book to 27 different publishers without anybody saying, yeah, that, that's, that might be a good book. Uh, 30 years after his death, just a few years ago, he still sold $33 million worth of books. He's the largest-selling children's author of all time. 600 million copies has his book sold. In fact, he he published 12 uh, adult books under a different name. In fact, one of his pen names was Rosetta Stone, which is kind of an interesting pen name as well. Uh, I think he found something. I think we see that in... Uh, uh, Charles Schultz's Christmas uh, peanut story I think we see different stories and and everybody here has a story you have a story I have a story and sometimes we allow that Grinch type spirit to get into our our story and and we we can see how the Grinch morphs into if you haven't watched it it was on last Thursday night Janie and I made sure we watched it we uh, we, we watched it by ourselves we didn't need grandchildren to watch it We didn't have to mask it or tailor it. We watched it. I was all over it. This is amazing. The story gets better every year. But I was maybe six or seven, eight years old, and uh, we had a rocking chair in our living room. And I can remember on a Sunday night that the the Grinch came on. It was maybe before Charlie Brown Christmas. And uh, my mom and dad would make fudge and peanut brittle and cookies. And my mom, yes, made uh, gumdrop cookies, which Janie still makes today. And it's my favorite cookie of all time. Probably my favorite sweet treat. It's always right around Christmas time that I have one or two dozen. <laughs> and I shouldn't. <laughs> uh, but that's a sweet treat. And I would I would watch the Grints and they would be making these holiday candies. And I, I thought how much love they had. Uh, in there. I mean, I was a young person who liked sugar, and so we would be able to eat those. And then as I grew, and I'd watch The Grinch, and I would see how my mom and dad would make these holiday candies, cookies, and fudge, and peanut brittle, and all the good stuff, cherry mash. And and then my brother Tom would take him to the neighbors, different date bread, and uh, banana nut bread, and pumpkin bread. And, and uh, Tommy would visit with the neighbors, and I saw that my mom and dad had such a love for their neighbors and and, uh, actually were doing what the church is supposed to do and share that love any way that they can. It wasn't, and then my mom was a good uh, baker. They, They made pies and candies and the neighbors loved them and my My dad was a cabinet maker on the side and all the neighbors had cabinets, kitchen cabinets that were made by Frank Dolphins. And it was just a cool time. And then as I grew further into my relationship with Christ and my experience with the Lord became on a real relational uh, attitude that I realized this this Grinch is something special. That uh, we all sometimes are Grinch before he hears the little who's and who will sing, and then his heart was, what, two times too small, then becomes three times the size it was, and I realized that it's, uh, walking in Christ is really a heart factor. It's, it's, it's what, not what we can get from Jesus, because we've already gotten salvation, it's what we can give on behalf of Jesus, and sometimes in the holiday season, we become a little bit of a Grinch, don't we? We, we, you know, we're, we're mad if the lines are too long, we're, at least I get mad, I, I, I morph into Grinch, Janie says, you're being a Grinch, and so, well, it's... I'm putting on. I'm trying. I'm trying not to be. stop being a Grinch. the The lines, the holiday season, the, the 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 temperament of the year, uh, goes one of two ways. Sometimes it goes that nothing's going to bother you because it's Christmas time, and we wish that Jane and I. I ask her questions all the time. Your favorite movie growing up. Your favorite, you know, Christmas present. All this, and I said, "Well, what did you like best about Christmas?" Just the other day, I asked her. She said, "You know, I." I think I like the holiday spirit. I like the attitude of Christmas. The I wish we could carry that year round. Well, I think we can. I think we, Grace Church, I think we can. Let's be the start of the holiday spirit year round. How does that sound? How about we carry Christmas throughout the year 24-7, 365? What, what would it look like if you went to your job or your neighbor, you know, in the middle of January when you got all your, your Christmas card bills? and still had a smile on your face. And by the way, hey, don't overspend this year. I I saw on the news that 33% 33% of the people who paid for last Christmas on a credit card are still paying for last Christmas this year. Hey, hey! don't buy the gift if you can't afford it. Just give somebody your love. Give somebody your high five. Give, give somebody a hug. Give, give somebody a how are you doing today. That, that's what Christmas is about. That's the meaning behind what Jesus gave because he already gave the greatest gift of all, right? And we look at the Christmas story and and the reflection of this 26-minute uh, Grinch who stole Christmas, and I I love it. It is my absolute favorite. I could watch it probably every day during the holiday season. I learned something new from it. But then we go to the Gospels and we see what the Gospels are like, and we see how they're introduced to us to to this Jesus, and we see the that there's not a parallel there. There's a there. It's a different uh, paradigm that the different uh, authors write. We see in the Gospels we we see um, uh, the book of Mark. Mark gets most of his writings from uh, Peter. We believe historically speaking, theologically, uh, his name is John Mark in scriptures, and and he's the one uh, that rescues uh, John Mark, who rescues him from Paul. Paul John Mark is weak. He doesn't he doesn't understand the mission field. Paul is hardcore. He's like you got to do it this way. Maybe a little legalistic. He's A religious traditionalist, he understands the the Bible, the Torah, the code. He gets it, and then and and John Mark is more maybe grace filled, and he he's trying to do this, and he says, "Get out of here!" And then Peter rescues him. And Peter disciples him. Peter tells John Mark about uh, uh, what Jesus was like. And, but John Mark, Mark, the book of Mark, doesn't jump right into, like, the birth of Jesus. It jumps right into all 16 chapters of Jesus' ministry because that's what Peter was familiar about. That's what he was familiar with. And so, as you share the good news this holiday season, you share it from your story. Hey, I was like this, but now I'm like that. And I'm like that because Jesus came in and saved my soul. People don't really care what you know, they care what you share. They care. They don't want to be judged. The world is full of being judged. And the Grinch was judged in his. Uh, in his atmosphere, but he also judged the people down in Whoville. He didn't think that they would uh, be so happy if they didn't have any presents or tinsel or trees or garland or candy canes or things of that nature. And so uh, Peter tells Mark. We believe Mark writes a book. It's 16 chapters about the 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 uh, the the brilliant uh, ministry of Jesus, but not the birth. And then we go to the book of John, and John tells us about about, uh the super spiritual side, and maybe some of us don't fully understand it, but in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and all things were created by Him, and f- created for us, through Him, by for his glory, and we look at John, and we think, "Wow, that's really super spiritual." But then John morphs into this loving Savior, this 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 creature, this this Godhead, who went from heaven to earth so that we could have a way to heaven when this thing's all over with. And then we look at uh, the book of Matthew, and Matthew, if you watch uh, the chosen, maybe has has Matthew as a savant or maybe a uh, autistic. But I think this Matthew is a brilliant guy. I think he looks at something and he remembers names, and he remembers genealogy, and he knows research, and we have, uh, we call Emily our little researcher on our team. She's our little researcher. She, she finds things. If we need an answer to something, she'll find it. If somebody's doing something or somebody has a need, she'll, she'll find that. She's our little researcher, and, and, uh, and so we, we, we look at what Matthew did, and he brings the genealogy, and if you look at the genealogy of, of Jesus, it's flawed, there's some failure in there. I mean, read the story of Tamar. It's it's not a good one. Read the story of Rahab who, uh, you know, helped Joshua. Read the story of Ruth. You hear the story of David. Even David's story is flawed and with failure, but there's a, a story of redemption and forgiveness there. So Matthew shows that for us who, where where. Jesus came from, and by the way, there is forty-two generations, but there is fourteen generations from Abraham to uh, Babylon, from Babylon to David, from David to Jesus. But it's only forty-one listed because Jesus is the forty-second generation. And by his when his side was pierced, the the church was born. So you are part of that forty-second generation of who Jesus is and the the victory that we walk in in Christ. And then there's the story in Luke, and we know that story very, very well. Luke, the second chapter, we're going to read from it today. 8 through 14 says, That night in a field near Bethlehem, there were shepherds watching over their flocks. This is out of the Passion's translation. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God, and the shepherds were terrified. But the angel reassured them, saying, Don't be afraid, for I have come to bring you good news. By the way, Marcus and Charity shared last week their their mission, their passion, their evangelism—called the Good News Good News Company—and we've edited on their our kiosk. And if you'd like to give to them on a monthly basis, or one time, or recurring, it's it's there for you. Just you can give it through the church, or you can give it through through, through their site. But I appreciate anybody who's willing to share the good news, right? Uh, and what a great minister name, Sharing Good News Company. Uh, we have to get the word out, and this is why I I love. Uh, our church. I love Grace Church. I love giving away coats. I love giving away clothes. I love what uh, uh, Robbie and Holly Crawley are doing with the block parties. Once a month, they go out and cook hot dogs and share the good news. I love when people take a ministry upon themselves, but understand that it's part of a. It's a part of the whole. It's not the whole itself. It's just part of the whole. We're in this together, and this is what the angel said. It came to bring good news, the most joyous news the world has ever heard, and it is for everyone, everywhere. This is, in the King James, it was said, for all people. This is the title, not only the title of our sermon series, it's the motto of our church. We are for all people. Church, we have to be for all people. Yeah, but pastor there, yeah, so was I, or so were you. We were all caught in sin, but if we don't accept people the way they are, how will they ever hear the good news? Think about that. For today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born. For you, he is the Lord, Yahweh, the Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us. You will recognize him by the miracle sign. You will find a baby wrapped in stripes of clothes and lying in a feeding trough. Then all at once, a vast number of glorious angels appeared, the very armies of heaven, and they all praised God, singing, Glory to God in the highest realms of heaven, for there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of men. This hope that we have in Christ Jesus, this victory that we have as we read the scriptures. So Luke gets most of his message from Mary, we're told or believe. And so Mary has this uh, intimacy she understands firsthand that there is a there there is value there. So we see where Mark's bottom line straight into ministry. Uh, John's a little bit more super spiritual. He gets it, but he's giving us the the heavenly side. Matthew is uh, maybe uh, intelligent. He's going to give us the whole lineage. There's a point to prove here. Everybody works in their gifting, and and Luke's a physician. He gets his he gets his word from Mary, so he's going to give us the the detail. We understand that in life sometimes. there's Grinches that we have to deal with, and there were Grinches in Jesus' day as well. And when we walk through the story of the Grinch and how he stole Christmas, we see that there were people then that wanted to steal this birth of Christ too, even people today that would deny that Jesus was the Son of God, that he was the way, the truth, and the life, that no man comes to the Father but by the Son. We stand upon that. We don't believe there's other ways. There's only one way to get to heaven. And he is the way. In fact, early Christians wouldn't say Jesus or the Savior or the Christ. They would say, do you follow the way? Because he is the way. But the scripture says in Luke 2, the very first verse, that there was in the days of Caesar Augustus, and a, a decree went out that the world should be registered or the census taking place. And everybody had to go back to their city of origin. And he heard this and he knew this, so he's taking his census because they wanted to know how powerful they would be or could be. They want to know how big their army could be. Well, Mary uh, was uh, uh, pregnant, okay, and so she had to go back to Bethlehem, we'll hear more about that. But Caesar, Augustus, Herod, they thought they were little gods. And so they wanted to be worshiped. They wanted to be bowed down to. That's why Paul says every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. Amen. Give a shout to the Lord this morning for just a moment. He's worthy to be praised. So we understand who the Lord is. We also understand in this holiday season, sometimes we take upon ourselves a little bit of a a Grinch attitude. And so we we see that Caesar Augustus was, uh, he thought he was a god in a time where they worshiped many gods. And some religions still will worship if you witness to them. Marcus and I were in Trinidad earlier this year, and you witness to the Hindus, and they believe in number, n- numerous gods, okay? And so we had to be clear that we believe been God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in order to, to share the good news. Some were accepting, some were not, but they understood the gods. But we worship one God, the triune Godhead. And so Caesar thought he was a god, but yet here is God, Emmanuel God. God with us born during this time, and this young baby God is going to override this mature little God at some point in time. We see that David's lineage could have been a grinch to what he was trying to do. And I want to say this, that your past has no power over your present. Your past has no, but see, we give too many things to a, well, I wasn't born that, you know, into that family. Or I wasn't, uh, my family's got a history or those type of things. That's That's not true. David's family had a history. Jesus' family had a history. There's lineage there that looks like it's flawed and there's failure. But God, whatever the enemy meant for evil, God will turn around and make good come from it. Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, David, they all, uh, Bathsheba, they all had a history that maybe wouldn't even be accepted on today's measure, but God comes in and he reconciles, he redeems, he forgives. He's a good, good father. Then we look at Joseph. Joseph finds out that his fiancee now has been become pregnant. And it's, and, it's not, and, it's, and it's by a different man, or a different. and then she blames God, and she's a teenager, and so God has done this. So Joseph does what most everybody would do is they, they leave. And while he's leaving, he has a dream, and in the dream, an angel literally tackles him and says, wait a second, you need, to, you need to see this differently. You need to see that this thing is of God. This thing's of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph comes back and then takes her away privately and so he could have bailed out as well. And sometimes we bail out on God's dreams too early because they don't make sense at that time. God, why did I get laid off? God, why did my relationship break off? God, why did my, my loved one pass on? God, why are these things? And yet God understands the end from the beginning. He knows things as complete, and we just have to continue to walk through that path. We need to continue to be part of what God is calling us to be. And so then we see Mary and Mary's a teenager. She's a she's a pregnant teenager, getting ready to start a family. People are persecuting her and yet God calls her favored the type of favor that we don't like to walk through, she's, uh, she's a teenager, she's pregnant, she's not married, she says it's, it's the babies of God, and yet she's got, she's in a, she's in a different city, she's got to go to Bethlehem, and, and to give you just an idea, uh, those of you who have had babies, she's 11, 11 or 11 and a half months pregnant, not 11 and a half months, that's a long time, <laughs> dear Lord, she is, she's like way overdue. I did, didn't I? Yeah, you didn't correct me. Should have said something. No matter where there's such a poor response for service. She was eight or eight and a half months pregnant. That's more scientifically, biologically correct. And she's got to travel 65 miles on a donkey to get to Bethlehem. So think about that. Think about being 36, 37, 38 weeks pregnant, now humping on a donkey and going to the south side of Charlotte using gravel roads the whole time and going over little mountains and terrains. Mary could have easily said, hey, this I'm, I ain't doing it. I'm not, that, I, I'm not, gonna, no way is that going to happen. But she does it. She obeys. She, she obeys what, God has laid on her heart and what God has laid in her heart. I think this is the story of the Grinch, where we we see what the Grinch is like. And sometimes in the American church, let's use the American church because we're familiar with it, we kind of get this way. If it's not just the way we want it, if it's not just tuned to us, if it's not there for us, then we're just not going to do it because we're, we're, we're a little spoiled sometimes. But I think if we, we, we become a little Grinch-like in that realm, the Grinch complained, the Grinch got mad, the Grinch got angry, the Grinch was going to do something about it, but it was all for the wrong reasons, There's a righteous indignation of things that we could do if we feel like it's right. Hey, I got to stand for that. I got to do that. You know, we're talking about scripture. We're talking about love and truth. But when we do things just because of the way we want them or the way they have to be for us, then we become a little Grinch-like. And Mary gets on this donkey, and for uh, they say roughly 14 to 20 days, she's going two to three miles a day on a donkey at 11 and a half months pregnant. (laughs) Wow, eight and a, eight or eight and a half months pregnant. When she gets there, she's she's ready. She's gonna have the baby. She's gonna have the Christ child. And so we look and we see where this could be a Grinch-like nature that takes place. But if we if we walk through this together, and we realize that in your life or my life, sometimes there could be Grinches that God just wants us to respond like. Whoville, like the, all the who's in whoville and he said ah, pastor that's not you know it's a that's a cute little story but it's really not uh, it doesn't line up with scripture I think in life we all have a story and I think our story if we if we read it carefully it all lines up with what God's trying to do. The scriptures are a guide. We base our life on scriptures. I would die for the word of God. I believe it's life-giving. I believe it's faith-filled. But there's also a story there. And so we can't look at the scriptures as just rules and regimens. We can't look at the scriptures as boundaries that we can't cross. We look at the scripture as life-giving. Because that's what Jesus came in. When Jesus came, he became the word And walked among us. So now we have this life-giving scripture that when we study it during the day at our private time or in the morning over a cup of coffee or maybe have it going on our way to work, that this word now becomes flesh within us. And it builds us up and it becomes who we are. And this is what the Grinch is finding out that when his heart was two sizes too small and then it grew to be three sizes that day, that God's really looking at our heart factor. He's not looking at how many presents we have. My wife loves to uh, buy presents. She loves to give gifts. And so in our house, and this is a a down year for us, she thought uh, we would do things a little differently. She wrapped presents for five hours yesterday. On a down year, pray for me. Someone asked if we were done shopping. I said, I am. She's not. As long as there's days left, she's going to buy something. So I'm praying for the 24th to hurry up and get here. She wraps a present and she's got a little, she got a foot issue. Pray for her, her foot if you would. She'd wrap the present. She picks out the best paper and then she's got to pick out the best ribbon and bow, and then she's got to pick out the best name tag, and then she writes on there, and then she would hobble to the tree, (laughs) and she'd walk to the tree, and she'd place it nicely underneath the tree. And we have several trees in our house, and so a couple of the trees get presents for different reasons, and I was amazed at the effort of wrapping presents, making them look as nice as possible then placing them just correctly and directly underneath the tree. I want to tell you, there was a time we couldn't do that. It didn't lessen our Christmas. And the fact that she can do that doesn't make our Christmas greater. It just makes Christmas what Christmas is supposed to really be about. Because God neatly wrapped up Jesus in swaddling clothes and laid him in a piece of wood so that whenever we want, we could unwrap that gift called Christ. We could hold him dearly in our heart like a mother would a newborn baby. The greatest gift of all has already been given. And Janie would wrap and she would take one present at a time and I would watch her between, you know, football games. Before errands to the store, before fixing a couple lights outside, and I come back in. Are you done yet? No, I'm almost done. Till the next batch comes from Amazon today. <laughs> There'll be more wrapping tonight or tomorrow. Until the next batch comes from Amazon Thursday. Or until we go to the mall, because we like to have the experience every now and then. But the greatest experience of all is Jesus. The greatest experience of all is knowing Christ as our Savior. That through the hustle and bustle of Christmas, we learn maybe just a short story and a lesson from the Grinch. Let me read you just a couple of passages out of Theodore Geisel's book. Whatever the reason, his heart or his shoes, he stood there on Christmas Eve hating the who's. Staring down from his cave with a sour, grinchy frown at the warm lighted windows below in their town. For he knew every who down in Whoville beneath was busy now hanging a mistletoe wreath. And they're hanging their stockings, he snarled with a sneer. Tomorrow is Christmas, it's practically here. Now, then he growled with grinch fingers, nervously drumming. I must find a way to stop Christmas from for coming. For tomorrow he knew that Christmas would be there. Let me skip because you know part of it. It was a quarter past dawn, all the who's still in bed, all the who's still a snooze. When he packed up his sled, packed up with their presents, their ribbons, the wrappings, the tags and the tinsel, the trimmings and trappings. 3,000 feet up, up the side of Mount Crepit, he rode with his load to the tip-top to dump it. Poo-poo to the Who's. He was a grinchously humming. They're finding out now no Christmas is coming. They're just waking up. I just know what they'll do. Their mouths will hang open a minute or two. Then the Who's down in Whoville will all cry boo-hoo. That's a noise, grinned the cringe. That I must simply hear, so he paused. And the Grinch put his hand to his ear, and he did hear a sound rising over the snow. It started in low, then it started to grow. But the sound wasn't sad. Why, the sound sounded merry. It couldn't be so, but it was merry, very merry. He stared down at Whoville. The Grinch popped his eyes, and he shook. What he saw was a shocking surprise. Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing, Without presents at all, he hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came somehow or another. It came just the same. And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. And he puzzled three hours till his puzzler was sore. Then Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought. Doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. And then what happened, well, in Whoville, they say, that the Grinch's small heart grew three times their sizes that day. And the, miniature, the minute his heart didn't quite feel so right tight, he whizzed with his load through the bright morning light. He picked up the, brought back the toys and the food and the feast, and he himself even carved the roast beef. What, what's the story there? Well, I think in the hustle and bustle of Christmas, in the thought of being able to or not being able to afford something, my gift is not good enough or big enough or bright enough or loud enough. My, or maybe we try to buy people or things with our gifts. Maybe we try to, to see the difference of that the gift has already been given. The greatest gift of all is is Jesus Christ. We see where Paul, or Peter rather, helped John Mark, Mark, write his gospel by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then 30 years later, Peter pins a message in 1 Peter, the fourth chapter. And Eugene Peterson pins it like this. Everything in the world is about to be wrapped up, so take nothing for granted. Stay wide awake in prayer. Most of all, love each other as if your life depended on it. Sounds like a person whose heart grew three times that day myself. Love makes up for practically anything. Be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless, cheerfully. Be generous with the different things that God gave you. Passing them around, so I'll get it on. If words, let it be God's words. If help, let it be God's hearty help. That way, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus, and he'll get all the credit as the one mighty in everything, on course to the end of times. Oh, yes. Stand with me today. I wonder if Peter, although he was saved, had a Grinch-like experience where his heart grew three times. He was a rebel. He was a wild man. He judged everybody. And then yet he fills a a grace-filled message. I wonder if we could be the who's in Whoville that where we don't get maybe our presence or we don't get our time or we don't get what we want, but yet we can still sing the praises of the Father to match the greatest story of all, Jesus' Christmas story to the Grinch to some people may be sacrilege or unreligious or non-spiritual. To me becomes very spiritual because it's the reason that we have Christmas isn't what we have. It's already what we've gotten. That to the who's it wasn't what they possessed. It's who possessed them. And if Christ possesses you today, you have all that you'll ever need. If your desire is to continue to push for him, then God will wrap you up just like he did his son. Close your eyes and bow your head for just a second. And I, wanna, I want you just to check yourself. If you're here today and you say, hey, I've been a little grinchy or I've never really received Christ. I, I, I need my heart brought brand new again. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, would you pray with me? I need I need a new heart. I need, just like the Grinch, I need a new heart. Just raise your hand right where you're at. If you're watching online, thank you for those hands. You bet, absolutely. Uh, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. If you're watching online, same to you. Just check your heart. Let me pray with you, and then we're gonna sing one more song that's such a fitting song for, for this message, for this story. Father, we thank you so much. Lord, you are such an awesome Heavenly Father to give us the greatest gift. Those that are walking through depression, those that are walking through discontent, those that are walking through, uh, Lord, just being a little bit of a grinch in this holiday season, we pray you reshape their heart like you have ours, like you will to each one. The heart is the thing that you look at most, so we thank you. Lord, check our hearts right here and right now. As we enter into this Christmas season, let them be forever, merry, Let them be forever hopeful. Lord, we thank you that this message, this story of the Grinch is about reconciliation and redemption and forgiveness and, and life itself. So, Father, we pray, Lord, the real, the authentic Christmas story is the same way. Jesus came for reconciliation, redemption, forgiveness, and life itself. Help us and those that raise their hand today. Help us to never forget Jesus truly is the reason for this season. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing one more song. God bless you.
1: ah
2: All right, come on, put your hands together for Jesus in this place. Because of him, we are never alone. God loves you so much. I hope that you heard that today. Hope that you received that in your heart. Did you receive that message as well? Wasn't that powerful? I think of it like a modern day parable. You know, Jesus spoke about things that were relatable to those around him. It's called a parable, and that's kind of what today was. Just taking something that as relatable as the Grinch. You know, we all know that person. And uh, sometimes maybe you're that person just when you have those moods. But today I want you to know that God loves you as much as anybody else. He doesn't love you more or less than the person next to you. And um, we can take that out of here and we can share that message with those that are around us. Amen. So I want not you uh, just pray about who you can have that give that invite card to or uh, who you can give a coat to today. Why don't you ask God to just put in your heart, you know, who you can invite to church on Christmas Eve. It's a morning service, so what an opportunity. You know, people don't have things going on on Sunday morning, on Christmas Christmas Eve. Bring them to church with you and just maybe they'll hear that message for the first time. Might be the Grinch that lives next door, but you don't know if that's the one that's gonna uh, be the person that comes to church and receives Christ for the first time, all right? So let's just close in a word of prayer and ask God to continue to work in your hearts as you leave this place to be an impact to those around you. Father, we thank you for the word that was spoken today. We thank you that it is alive and it is active, and I pray that what has started in our hearts this morning as a seed, Lord, would continue to grow until we bear fruit from it. God, I pray that as we leave here today, Lord, as we get coats, as we take invite cards, as we act upon the word that has been spoken to us, Lord, that we would see a harvest. Lord, I pray that souls would be saved, God, that people leave uh, this room today, God, as this family, God, to m- next week or this Wednesday, Lord, the family grows because we have uh, shared the good news. Lord, I thank you for all that you've done in our hearts, and I pray that you continue to help it to grow and uh, impact others' lives as well. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, God bless you. We love you guys. Hope to see you Wednesday at 6.30 right here. Have a great week.